Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, November 29th. Man, we're flying by, and it is 7.32 a.m. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy on these morning shows. Scott, good morning to you. How is everything out in Atlanta? Good morning. It's good. It's uh, it's cold, but mm-hmm. one of those days we're getting about a 30-degree swing, like the desert. Starts at 40 and finishes at 70, so that's going to be good, but... uh. I don't know. Feel I feel you get the the Sunday doldrums from those games behind you, and Tuesday feels like a new day. Feel like we're ready to go. Hope Broncos country is feeling well as well. And then uh, pretty big match coming up in the World Cup at two o'clock Eastern today. So looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that as well. Can you walk me through the scenarios? Is it a win and get in situation? You got it. They have to win. It's win period. There's no draw situation where they can get in. Okay. Nope. No, Even because if- other teams would have four points, so they they they've got to win. If they draw, that put they're already behind England and uh, uh, Iran. I don't know if you saw that Tyler Adams nonsense has yes, a uh, has a uh, a win already, so they'd have four points. So you'd finish with three. So uh, real quick on this, you know, I saw some yes. you know some of the social media stuff about how can you watch this game? You know, nil nil. I'm like, listen, pool play. That's basically it's 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 ninety minutes, and it was. Leg one of a three period, think of it like first period in hockey. I can watch all three World Cup games in just about the same amount of time it took me to watch an SEC game of the week on CBS, about four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So um, I get it. It doesn't have to be for everybody. It's not a competition. I don't I don't know why everything has to be a competition. They, they can live. They can coexist. They really yeah. can. You can like one and the other. So anyway, on that note... Um, Let's talk some uh, some some Denver Broncos. Absolutely. Well, let's say hello to some people first. In here, we got Ethan coming in. Good afternoon, gents in Broncos country, talking about the World Cup. Good nil-nil draw. I'm curious to see who Ethan was pulling for. Probably had his uh, England shirt on with USA underneath. Now, hiding <laughs> that away for sure. Jeremy Sean saying, morning, boys. Realistically, I'm not expecting any more wins this season. You wouldn't be uh, wrong to think that way. Also, uh, Ethan Hoball is well across the pond. Things are good. No complaints. Good to see you guys talking in there. <laughs> Kevin Gray saying, morning, Broncos country. Nick and Scott on next year. I don't know what Hackett is still there for. Help game plan. Uh, well, LOL Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, Scott, is there any chance at this point that Hackett... Uh, I got to share this with you real quick. You know how we talk okay. about getting some freeze frames that are just kind of yeah. funny? Oh, God. Well... When I open up my Facebook to check on the Facebook chat, it, it has a freeze frame of whatever it happens to be on. And, uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to like play that at least for a minute and get a smile on my face or something. I can't, I can't have that. Someone probably just screen captured that and I'm going to be in trouble. So. Uh, oh, good stuff. I told you I was feeling good today, and the coffee hadn't even hit yet. I've even taken a sip. Oh, man, it's it's too cold here in Seattle. We're supposed to get snow. So uh, I am um, when it snows in Seattle, everybody loses their damn mind uh, because Seattle is a city of hills, and 
they they don't have any snow infrastructure in place. So like it's I my Midwestern self before used to make fun of them. And then I saw snow here and it's like, I can't go anywhere because my car literally can't function. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the ones that you always bothered me were my, when I was in California, I had a bunch of, you know, friends in California that were from there and lived there and stuff. And they'd make fun of, you know, two inches of ice shutting down the South. I'm like, that's one that's going to shut down anywhere. It's ice. You got, I see yeah. four wheel drives, you know, with the, the, the good old boys in their four wheel drive sliding sideways off the car. And two, I've seen when it happens when it rains around here. So y'all just shut the hell up. Rain and everybody loses their mind. It's like when I got out there, I'm like, the evening news was like, uh, Nicole Kidman in a car accident. It might rain tomorrow. I'm like, wow, this is huge. Hard hitting stuff we got out here. Hope Nicole's okay. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Gray, but yeah, what is Hackett still here for? I think at this point, it seems likely that Hackett is here for the rest of the season. Uh, what does he do here? I don't know. I guess, you know, hang out with the guys in the locker room. He's uh, not calling the plays. He doesn't really seem like he's in charge of game management. He's not seeing what's going on in the sidelines. You know, it's, it's an internship at this point. Yeah. It's, you know, the way he describes his day is like, oh, I go in this meeting. No, I don't really interject. I'm just kind of learning about what they're doing. I'm like, this is a well-paid internship that's going to have one hell of a severance package. <sighs> yeah, things got really off the rail here. I guess... Part of me wonders, and it's the ownership group. I think George Payton doesn't have the final call on this head coach uh, when he goes or not. I think if they'd have lost the Jacksonville game, he would have been gone because they'd had the bye week to kind of switch things over. But now that's out the window, and you only have six games left. Well, how much is going to change over the final six games? You're just going to make things harder on yourself. I guess you could say that you could see an injection of life into the defense if uh, Ever Evero was made Evero. the head coach because zero the e the long zero Evero. Giro Evero. Forever Evero. Uh, that's how I remember it. But uh, I guess there's a possibility that the defense would look less like they were sleepwalking than they did against the Panthers. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough one. Uh, no doubt. I think he's going to stick on, though, I, I for the rest of the season. Something that really kind of makes me concerned, and I'm wondering about this. There's been a lot of, and I don't want to blame or accuse anybody of being state media, because I think that's that's cheap. Like but I there do are all people, the time? I mean, in the football realm, it's I made some connections in the league and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but some people connected to the Broncos like on the surface where we're definitely more, you know, a little bit more separated, you know, not in the locker room every day, not being talking to Patrick Smythe every day. There's been a sudden shift about some discourse where it's like, well, Hackett's, you know, had just as bad of a start as the last few coaches and they all get a second year. You know, it's been rough on Hackett this year with all the injuries. Oh, uh, you know, things, you know, most coaches don't get fired after one year from people who are connected to the team just over the last week or so. So I'm, I'm curious if there is, I, I think it's been horrible out there and it's not all on Hackett, no doubt, but he's definitely a large part of it. But the fact that there's some conversation coming all of a sudden that he might get a year two is like, hmm, weird. You no, know, I, I also think part of that is maintaining a relationship. Hackett's a young guy. It's a small world and he's going to be in this business for a long time and you were going to cross paths again. So throw him a lifeline. You'll have a source somewhere else for the rest of your life. So not buying it, man. Yeah. I'm just not well, good. I'm not either, but I do think that that's, there's been a I mean, weird, that's where that comes down. It's like, listen, I'm going to make some, I'm going to, I'm going to provide you some cover. And when you end up over with the, I want to say Kansas City Chiefs, but um, who's a team when you have with the Baltimore Ravens as a quarterback consultant or something, um, you know, I want to be able to pick up the phone and give you a call and, you know, we can chat. That's all it is. It's relationship building, man. 
I agree with you, but it is weird that the tone has changed so suddenly from multiple people connected to the team that I think it's just at least worth putting out there uh, to follow to see how it continues here. And if the Broncos, let's say they finish three and three down the stretch, maybe there's a conversation. Let's say you you beat uh, Baltimore looked vulnerable this week, although I think they're going to come in and beat our butts uh, this upcoming yeah, week. They're going to be refocused now. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence played like, like a God in, in the fourth quarter, but uh, is what it is. But Kevin Gray morning guys, uh, Nick and Scott on to next year. I don't know what Hackett is still there for. Oh, we got this one. Kevin, always good to see you read you twice on there. Dave Glassman with the hearts coming in. Good to see you, Dave. We got Dilla seven, seven, seven coming in saying falling asleep in Cali. Oh, it must be raining there. Uh, <laughs> shake my head work at one thirty Pacific. That's uh that's, that's rough, but uh, we're here at, you know, I'm up at 5 a.m. to do these shows sometimes. So it's uh, I, I get you No, 5 a.m. is easy. Little Ram man coming in here saying good morning. All go Broncos. Ryan Slavic. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Who can realistically see who can you realistically see as our next head coach and offensive coordinator? If we somehow keep Evero, any thoughts? I mean, you go back to the well. I mean, you interviewed 10 candidates last year, 10. How many of those are head coaches this year? Um, Hackett uh, was, was uh, O'Connell. Those are the only two that I can only two. So there was eight, you know, then, you know, why you can go back to the wall and especially Dan Quinn, you know, that Mm -hmm. would be, I think a front runner when you're talking about someone like that. Um, Evero, I I think would be a candidate to come in. Um, Usually you want a fresh start though. It's like when you had such a, 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 when you had a a, a season and let's call it what it is, a season has been a monumental failure. You don't want to necessarily promote from within. That just seems kind of backwards. Um, so we'll see, um, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, Tim Greenwood comes in and says, I believe Hackett will be here next year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That uh, that seems strange. And, and Nick, some people were picking up on this yesterday. You 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 and I talked about this before the show yesterday morning. And then the, the name Jim Harbaugh came up again. Financially, um, college football has probably more money than the NFL. They it, it's insane. Like I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, under the current structure, when everything's paid for, you don't have to pay your your employees. Uh, your revenue is still gigantic. What would Alabama football be worth on the open market? Ten billion? You know, Michigan football, ten, fifteen billion dollars. Um, is Michigan the second most profitable? Uh, Ohio State, and Michigan are one and two when it comes to fan base, like size yeah. and and that type of stuff. It, it used to be Notre Dame was real was you know number one. Texas is Michigan way up there and Ohio too. State are a clear one and two. Ohio State being mm-hmm. number one, Michigan number two. 
somewhere in there. And then you get down into Texas, Alabama, Notre Dame, um, Florida, Georgia, those type teams. But the the one and two, as far as me, I used to have my friends before Urban Meyer got to Ohio State. It's like, why are they always talking Big Ten? You know, Big Ten hadn't done anything in for, forever. You know, the SEC is winning all these championships. I'm like, this is why. Because of the ratings. It's, it, they, that's who pays the bills. I mean, did you see the Fox News uh, ratings for the Ohio State-Michigan game this past week? It was up it there was with probably like huge. I mean, they're the two biggest fan bases. I credit, y'all might remember Terrell Pryor. When I yes. was doing recruiting, I had good friends. I went to a big SEC school. And people were like, you do what for a living? And after Terrell Pryor, which was like 08 or 09, um, the number one recruit in the country coming down to Ohio State and Michigan, I had friends, wives asking me, hey, where's Terrell Pryor going? He, he kind of made recruiting mainstream. Uh, yeah. Of course, I want to take care of some business here real yeah. quick. Yeah, starting to stack um, up a bit. As people are coming in here, Deanna Henry coming in, says, morning, Nick and Scott, disappointed in management about Hackett. So um, let me show something real quick. How do I get? I, I haven't done this in so long. I don't remember how to get rid of uh, this view. That's all right. It'll still show. Uh, we we hadn't done this in a while, and these were the YouTube super chat rankings last after going into last night. Now it's changed a little bit because Deanna and Ethan came in and threw down huge. But what's interesting to me on this is here's the top seven. Is Gary Palmer is making his move over from Facebook and has been doing YouTube stuff and has been huge. And then two completely new names, just new to, as far as November goes, Deanna coming in and killing it for us like she's doing it right now. She mm -hmm. said, morning, Nick and Scott, disappointed in management about Hackett. And then F.A. coming in. Then we've got some 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 friends. I don't want to say old friends. Um, some friends we've had a while in Naj and Ethan and Michaela uh, and Garth Knight coming in. So um, I log every single super chat that comes in, whether it's $50 from Deanna or whether it's two dollars from from someone else and i see every single one of you and we appreciate everything that y'all do for the show otherwise if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be here we, we would find other ways to to help earn a living we enjoy it we love it and that's why we we but we're we're here because of, of folks like you so thank you very much any comments yeah. on diana's uh disappointed because i'm with you nick i thought it could happen yesterday and if it didn't, I think he's here for the rest of the season. I, there's, if, if you weren't going to fire him yesterday, there's no reason to fire him over the next four or five weeks. Yeah, they're just going to let it play out. This season's a lost cause anyway. Hopefully you figure something out there. I mean, people are like, oh, why don't you just use the Kubiak playbook? I don't think people understand how, what goes into installing new plays. Like if you were going to install, let's say, three new plays, that would take a whole practice. And then you're not doing any of the scouting or game planning for that next appointment. Install takes a bit uh to to work uh, out there so it's probably going to keep the playbook probably going to keep things similar with Hackett and going to ride the season out it's already a lost season you're playing for pride at this point you're playing so the Seahawks don't have a top three pick um definitely disappointing hopefully they get it right this season also again it's not I don't think all of it is on Hackett I mean obviously the injuries are a big part of it uh George Payton deserves some blame for this and then Russell Wilson's playing like a bottom five quarterback in the entire NFL right now, which is unbelievable. But I mean, this last game, I understand that the offensive line is struggling, but they, they were running the ball for like a good yards per carry in this one. Russell Wilson's, you know, not stepping up in the pocket. He's not seeing guys that are open. It's uh scary times right now, considering the contract. Um, and 
yeah, it's we'll see. And speaking of George Payton, thank you so much, Deanna. I see you got another super coming in here, but we're going to get the coach Chris first. As Scott and I both click on it. Talking about George Payton here says George Payton needs to go. He's had two years on the job and we've regressed each year. His draft capital is questionable at best and his trades have looked awful. No one is looking at this from the top. Uh, something can the lot. I don't know what that <laughs> means. I, I get it. I get it. Coach Chris. Yes, I, I get it. Yeah. The, um, I think that not all his trades have been bad. I think that Von Miller trade when you were out of it to get a second and third round pick was a good move. I mean, imagine what your draft class looks like last year if you didn't do that. So I think that's a positive uh, you have going for you. I will say that Nick Benito has looked not great. Uh, he's had a few good pass plays, but this last week he looked horrible, um, not only against the run, but also as a pass rusher. There was a few plays where like his his speed rusher on the outside didn't work, and he just like stood up and stopped, and it's like, oh, my God, like <laughs> what's going on? You got to do something out there. Um, and some of the contract signings too. I mean, Tom Compton, we haven't seen yet. Maybe he got in for a snap this last week. I don't remember. Um, we haven't seen Tom, Billy Turner, Randy Gregory. Oh man, what a shock. He played three games and the guy who's missed most of the games of his career, uh, is out. So obviously looked great when he was out there and the season got off the rails. So maybe they're just playing it easy with him, but it's uh Tom George, George Payton definitely deserves a lot of credit blame for where, where the season has gone. That being said, I think he it's one of the situations where it's like you made this bed now sit in it because with the Russell Wilson contract and everything, I think that they're going to make him write it out at least another year. Uh, maybe he gets another head coaching hire. I think they give him one more cycle to at least improve the team and be in the playoff hunt next season. But uh, he's definitely on the hot seat and I wouldn't be shocked if he was out, but I think it's I think it's less likely than it is likely to happen. What are some of the big trades? I mean, you had to make some of those trades. Um you know, because the, the team where the team is, which is an indictment on Peyton itself, to your point. But being where your team is, I thought you did really well on Bradley Chubb. I think you did really well on Von Miller. Um, some of the guys, some of most of the signings were pretty low risk as far as cap management goes. Now, I would have liked to have seen you swing for the fences a little bit more on the offensive line instead of going cheap and injured and discounts, you know, but the contracts, those those haven't been too bad. Even even Gregory's contract, you know, Randy Gregory. Ah, forget, I always forget. I have to scroll down to injured reserve. You know, he is five point six on the cap this year. You know, it was a it was a it was structured to help protect you against risk. It's a two year deal. Next year it'll be a little expensive. It, so you're hoping, but this year it's it's five point six on the cap. Yeah. The the big the three big strikes right now. Nathaniel Hackett, the Russell Wilson trade, and, and the Russell Wilson contract extension. Yeah. And yeah. any one of those three going as bad as it's gone are fireable offenses. Yeah. Any one of those three. All three, and you start lining them up together, Chris, and his seat's warm, without a doubt. Um, I agree with you, and we appreciate you coming in and, and getting up early with us in, in, in your bathrobe. No, just kidding. I know that's the, the Lebowski. The dude. <laughs> uh, and Ethan coming in. Our good friend of the show, um, one of the uh, the OGs for Broncos for Breakfast, been with us from the beginning as we're coming up on year, finishing year two, Nick. Time flies. Says, uh, interesting, no players have publicly voiced support for Hackett or Wilson. At least I haven't seen any. Um, have they been asked, really? I, I feel like, I, you know, I go, th I go through most of these quotes and I don't see that they're being asked too much about it. You know, they're not offering it up and hopefully they're not on social media. <laughs> you know, I, 
I know they are, but oh yeah, the Lamar Jackson one. Um, but there, there's absolutely no reason in the world they should ever look in their comments or mentions on social media. They should be handing their login to a personal manager, so they're not dealing with that type of stuff. You know, so I don't read the newspapers. Well, the newspapers were kind compared to what social media is. So hopefully they're not seeing that too much. And and I haven't seen them ask too much. Um. DWI guys specifically about, you know, do you feel like you're playing for your coach out there or did you expect it to go this bad? I haven't seen those types of questions. It doesn't mean they haven't been there, but mm-hmm. there there's, this is a sentiment that's going around. It's like, listen, nobody's taken up for these guys either. And that, mm-hmm. that speaks volumes. I, I always, I always said, I, I try and judge not what I see, but how the players react because Deion Sanders was one of those guys. Deion Sanders was, especially in the eighties uh, with his flair was a very polarizing figure. And you, you would have hated him if he wasn't playing on your team, but everywhere he went, his teammates loved him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'll cut him some slack. You know, uh, that's, 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 you're a good teammate. That's much more important than are you high stepping, you know, as, as you're returning a, a punt for a mm-hmm. touchdown or, or showboating you know, do your teammates respect you? So that this point becomes very, very valid when it comes to how is this team going to stay together? For sure. And also, I don't think the Broncos have any really outspoken players like that with like the flair and the flamboyance in the positions where you typically see that. Like if Emmanuel Sanders was here right now, one of them's on the practice squad at, uh, (laughs) yeah. And they're, and they're doing this to Draymond right now. Yeah. Yep. That's, (laughs) And Shelby's but, up in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. So like it's Justin Simmons playing the safety position. No, he's a company guy. DePatrick Sertan looks like he doesn't want to be in front of the camera. Like Justin Herbert-esque. Carlton Sutton's also quiet. Javante Williams is exceedingly quiet. So you don't really have anybody like that um, right now, which, you know, better or worse. But these quotes, I think, will start coming out after the season. Once some teams, you know, get severed or like hindsight, there's going to be interesting stuff that comes out, no doubt. And also, the more this Russell Wilson experiment goes south, the more things are starting to get leaked. Um, so to keep an eye out, keep an ear out for that. Bama X. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see. Also says DWI. It's one of those blatant things to take note of. It's the same thing. A lot of people were saying when he left Seattle, all those players came out to voice their issues, but none spoke up in support. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think Tyler Lockett kind of did speak up in support. Also, Marshawn Lynch somewhat as well. But uh, the defensive guys, definitely not. And it's uh, it's rough. I mean, there's got to be some animosity for a quarterback who's playing this poorly when the team invested in him, when the Broncos have been this bad this long and he's getting special treatment left and oh, white. Like big like, one right there, Nick. Mm-hmm. Like if you are playing like Patrick Mahomes is right now, it, then you know what? You can break all the rules. You can be privileged, but Russell Wilson is not playing like that and not even close to that. And uh, I'm curious if the offense is going to be the second, uh, second floor office is going to be, reallocated to somebody else i'm curious if his own trainers are going to be allowed in there i mean obviously the his sierra and his kids you know having free reign and practice probably maybe dial back a little bit they need to have somebody come in here and you know not just be like oh anything you want russ this is like you're part of the team 
this is what we're doing. Be here at this time and be engaged. Yeah, I don't believe in special rules. It creates resentment. You know, the the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. Mm, mm. Yeah, that one that one bothers me. That one has always bothered me. I think if you are a special player, I think the other guys understand who butters your bread. Um, like if like we're, the only reason we're getting paid and where we're at is because That's of usually Patrick where it comes though, Nick is in paychecks. Yeah, you know, not I have a different set of rules. Well, he broke curfew, but so did he. And and they understand that punishment might be different. Yeah. I, I went through that my freshman year. I got it. We all got knocked down a peg because we jumped a fence yeah. when we were supposed to be running. And yeah. everybody, the starters didn't start. One of the guys got benched, and and I was a reserve as a freshman. I got moved to JV. We all went down a peg. I I get yeah. it. Yeah. But again, resentment. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna harbor resentment. And you can, like you said, Nick, you can bury some of that while things are going well. Mm. But when you start getting irritated about other things in that way, and what are they doing here? You know, you you start yeah. getting upset about those things. I I I, I agree with you. Okay, we got Deanna coming and saying, We appreciate you guys. Go Broncos. Deanna, back to back fifties. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, thank you so much. That's a uh, that's big time in here with all the support. Um, want to say hello to some people coming in here real quick because we always like to say hello. Good morning to Bama X. Good to see you. Ashley Monique, I don't recognize this name, saying we probably can beat LA and in, uh, in Denver if they score points. I think we play in LA, not in Denver. So maybe that changes things there. It's Christmas Day. So that's the Island of Misfit Toys game if I ever saw it. Um, beating the Chiefs, not a chance. Never say never. Uh, the Colts went into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. I think it was an Arrowhead too. So anything can happen in a weird football game and a single game sample size, but uh, very exceedingly unlikely. Uh, JJ saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. CC saying, feel bad for the England fans have to deal with Gareth Southgate ball. Scott, you probably understand what that means more than I do. Gareth Southgate's the England manager, and he's overly conservative with a bunch of young flair players. They think they're mm -hmm. stifling this creativity, though they have had more success under Southgate than they've had in recent a long recent years, but part of that will be talked about. Yeah, but look at these players he has. Yeah. He's still underachieving. Always, always underachieving. That's super uh, conservative. He's, he's really conservative. Maybe we can send Nathaniel Hackett over there. We'll do a trade. Uh, U.S. Dave coming in. Go Broncos. See uh, Beast in. Good to see you. Michael Ronquillo, always one of the favorites in the show. Good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Also, our guy, oh, Gary Palmer coming in. GP saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Tried to send this three times and screwed up every time. Not a techie. Go Broncos. Well, you know what? Third time's the charm. Actually, you sent 1999 three times. So thank you so much. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> Gary. Um, we appreciate you so much and uh, coming in support. Also, unofficial sponsor of the show with the Lion Coffee out here, Patrick, out there in Hawaii. We appreciate you so much. Talk about Patrick, getting up early. I know. Patrick wants to hang out and drink coffee. I get it. Uh, Benjamin Hayward, good morning, Broncos country. We had a disappointing season, but we'll bounce back next year. Ah, oh, man, Benjamin, I don't know. <laughs> There's the first one. There's the first big. Oh, we both had one of those yesterday. I don't know if we're going to bounce back next year. And this might be really dark, but maybe one of the best thing the Broncos could do next season is to have the season be bad again. Russell Wilson be obviously terrible. And the Broncos get the first or second overall pick and take one of those crown jewel quarterbacks in that upcoming class because right now it does seem like and again next year's quarterback class is always better i would say that was true from last year's class to this year's class bryce young cj stroud will levis maybe anthony richardson it's a good class this year as well mm -hmm. but and think these quarterbacks will get taken down a, a notch the more games they play the more people microanalyze their games it always happens this way but you can see the tools and the traits and see that it is different with 
Drake May and Caleb Williams compared to CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, in, in my opinion. So maybe the best case for the Broncos next year is to be so bad that you get one of those quarterbacks and can go cheap there for a bit. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Albert Knoppers, time for K-Jack to have a lesser role. Other players need to step up. I think that would be the case if Caden Stearns hadn't injured his hip and might we might not see Caden Stearns the rest of the season with that hip injury. Yeah, and it's a shame. And, and K-Jack, he's not playing very well. Um, no, he's old. He can't move. He was, he was diving in on plays, and I don't know. I don't want to say anybody like him would ever be – would shy away from contact, but he was – he didn't seem as eager to go head-to-head with – big running backs as I've seen in the past. Um, I mean, going from Derrick Henry to Josh Jacobs to Donta Foreman is mm-hmm. that that's gotta be a ice tub kind of month there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's he, 190 Broncos. pounds. The guy was a corner, you know, yeah. converted on now. He's, you know, you know, he's a strong safety. Yep. And we had some good years with him, but this is probably the last year with him. And I think you go cheap there next year with cheapish uh, with Simmons being expensive, but um, Caden Stearns on the other side. Kajak's dirt cheap. He is dirt he cheap, but at like two million or something. He's you're you're paying for a guy well past his prime. I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like Moneyball. I'm not paying you for the guy you you were. I'm paying you for the guy you are, which is two million at your starting safety for yeah. a veteran that's been around a while. That's that's a problem. It is a problem, and I think if Caden Stearns was healthy right now, you'd already see a diminished role. But alas, uh, the Injuries do not just uh, happen on the offensive side of the ball. Cristiano Roden coming in saying, good morning, guys. With Hackett, I only expect two more random wins. Maybe the L.A. teams. Definitely possible. The Broncos always seem to play the Chargers tough no matter what they what their record is. So we'll see. Although if the Chargers are playing for a playoff spot and the Broncos are playing for nothing, might be fun to play spoiler. I don't know. We'll see. Mike Woodward, morning all. Good to see you, Mike. Um, we also have Joseph coming in saying, when Melvin got released, he actually had positive things to say about the coaching staff. Yes, he did. Um, he's and the players uh, as well, the locker room. I mean, things didn't go well here. The only people he badmouthed on the way out was the fans somewhat. I didn't take too much too much of it personally because the fans did give him hell, <laughs> but uh, some of it deserved. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not wishing him success in uh, Kansas City, though. Falling Sloth says, Scott, having flashbacks of certain players, Falcons players getting off the plane first in Denver, treating players different can cause problems for sure. Actually, I, actually, I don't know what you're talking about. Um as far as being in Denver, you know, I know it caused a problem when the owner Arthur blank was wheeling out Michael Vick on a wheelchair that, that raised some eyebrows mm-hmm. uh, when the owner was doing that. But you know, that's again, that, that ends up causing resentment and that's universal. Again, yeah. when someone acts, you see people like fly off the handle about something that doesn't really matter. And you'll be like, okay, what's really bothering them? Those are the kind of things that just kind of, they bury. You were talking about when things are going well, the preseason, it's a honeymoon period. I'm going to sit that one down, Nick. I'm going to let, okay, well, my my kids weren't allowed here. You know, they had to go sit and play playroom. Okay, I've got a personal trainer and, a, and all these things. They're not allowed here. Those are the kind of things you bury in the honeymoon period. They just sit there and simmer mm-hmm. until you're three and eight, and then things get really testy. Yeah. Speaking of testy, Kayleon Green, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> Kayleon, always good to see you. We appreciate you coming in. Um, we got Boozy Simmons coming in here on Facebook. Make sure if you guys are joining us on Facebook today to click the thumbs up, uh, heart reaction, anything like that. Uh, Boozy comes in and says, we are stuck with Wilson for at least the next two years. We need a new coach in place ASAP to see if it's really Russ playing that bad or if it's a fact, in fact coaching. 
So there was a really good article released by Jason. Uh, I don't remember his last name on over the cap where he d- dug into some of the real specific details of Russell Wilson. And there's a, a clause in Russell Wilson's contract that is not captured very, <clears throat> excuse me, very well in spot rack or over the cap or anything like that, where his base salary for 2024, the 37 million becomes guaranteed the fifth year in the league year in 2024. So that means that even though the cap hit would be monstrous, if you want to get out of this contract, your bleep or get off the pot situation is probably after next season. Now it would be a lot. I know Scott is under the opinion. Well, I'll let you say, it. I'll let you save it. But if you, if it's this bad, I think you probably just rip the bandaid off and take your medicine and take the dead cap hit as designated as a June 1st release over two seasons. And also you can move some of that cap actually to uh, 2020, the 2023 as well. So it'd be 2023, 2024 and 2025. If you have a little bit of extra cap next season and uh, move on from there, it would be unfortunate because you'd be definitely limiting yourself, but you'd be limiting yourself if Russ's play continues to be this bad and you are still on the hook for it in 2026, 2027. I'd rather get it over with if it's this bad still. Yeah. The, um, you know, there's a lot of information. I put the link in the chat in it, but it, it all boils down to what we've been saying for the last three weeks to a month. You've got $107 million next year. How do you want to split that up this way or this way? If you wait another year, it's $87 million. How do you want to split that up this way or this way? That's what these 1500 words all say. The money's the same, dude. The money's the same. But the money changes because it's the roster bonus. The actual like it's so right now it looks like it's not guaranteed. Look at the charts and where for the next two seasons, the third season is what you're talking about. So 2025 is where it makes a difference. So the next two seasons, it's 107 next year and it's 87 in 2024. That doesn't change. But when it becomes seasons, it does not change. The caveat though is that that 2025 money becomes guaranteed fifth league year of 2024. So you have to make a decision the year before 2025. So it's actually the end of next season where that 2025 money becomes guaranteed. So the decision point isn't after 2025. It's after next season. Because if you don't make that decision after next year, you are on the hook also for not just 2024, but also 2025. Because that's when that $37 million becomes guaranteed. But then if you guaranteed it and you paid him to go away, <laughs> yeah, it might be cheaper to do that. Because again, the dead money is the same. It's just that the, the, the whole point of this is the dead money is the same. How do you want to? How do you want to try and break it up? Yeah, you know. And when you're talking about the the, the guaranteed money becomes at 2025, it's still a fraction of what it is over the next two seasons. You still have yeah. options. Do I want to eat 40 million dollars over two years? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not eating 90. I'm not eating 107. No. So those are the two seasons. So after the next two years, I've said, okay, you've got options, but these next two seasons, you know, to rip the bandaid off and say, I'm going to eat 107 of dead cap money. It, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, It's I would, I'd practice squad him or something because he only has a cap hit of 22 next year. He's got a cap hit of 35 next year. Even if I, even if I spread that across two seasons, no matter how you spread it, his cap hit is less than his dead cap hit. So he's a Bronco the next two years. Maybe. I I, I think it's possible if it's this bad again this year that they take yeah, the it, unless you know it, you might you, you might not let him come to Tom come to work. Yeah. You know, you've put him on non-injury list or something. But yeah. 
And then he might say, okay, you know, release me and I'll pay you back. It, it's happened before. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll return some of this signing bonus. Release me. Let's redo this contract. I'm going to give you $50 million back that's been sitting in escrow because you gave me $150 million. Mm-hmm. Here's 50 back. Release me. Yep. That could happen. But one of your options, the nuclear option for the Denver Broncos is I'm going to non-injury this guy and and use a spot for my 53 and you're going to collect a check. You're basically in retirement. We are retiring you. That's the Broncos nuclear option. Yeah, well, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think regardless, uh, the super they do have the ability to move on from him after this season, but that would be ridiculous. I think the way the contract sets up, it makes much more sense if it's going to happen at all. I think it's probably happening in 2020 after the 2023 season. If not, then then it's probably 2020 after 2025. So just the way the, cause that 37 million, the dead cap hit increases by 37 million. If you wait until after the fifth day of the league year in 2024. So really interesting. And this contract stuff is a, uh, not Scott and I's, uh, not at least not mine. I can't speak for Scott, but not the most fun. I prefer the team building aspect when it comes to the player, the talent acquisition. I don't mind the money, I don't, I don't mind the money but it's, it's a hell of a lot better than the stupid MLS where I have yeah. no interest in trying to figure out their salary cap rules. None. Yeah. Like, oh, we traded this player for allocation money. What the hell is that? Um, this one's this one's easier, you know. And again, like I said, the salary cap. Oh, the salary cap's a myth. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. The salary cap is a myth. If you've got good young players that are playing well, the salary cap becomes very, very real when you've got guys you want to get rid of. Then it becomes very real. Just ask the Packers having a trade. And and Andrew comes and he says, what if he retires cap wise? Now, this may have changed, but looking back at someone like um, Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, they had to return a prorated version of their signing bonus and they came off the cap. That's if I remember right, I think you're right. That's what happened. So if he retires, he comes off the cap. Yeah. Ain't going to come off the cap. Not with a hundred million dollars guaranteed still coming his way. No way. He's after that bag, which I don't blame him. Go get what you can, even if it's at the expense of the, the team that you're on. Um, Greg Smith, top of the morning Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you, Greg. We appreciate you coming in. Um, Lance asking, who do we play this Sunday? Denver stays on the East coast. Never good for Denver playing in the East time zone. And they play at Baltimore, who's coming off a very tough uh, game loss versus the Jaguars, where it looked like it clicked for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's always had the tools. He doesn't have the world's most nuclear arm like Patrick Mahomes or Josh. I don't think it's the level of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Um, but I his Josh, I don't. I'd have to see like you know fastball ratings, but I think he's got a, an arm every bit as good as Mahomes. I don't think he's got the elasticity or the ability to throw different off. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes isn't pure arm strength. that makes him his is his ability to get that same velocity from so many different arm angles and accuracy from so many different arm angles and slots. And yeah, platforms. I mean, he he plays quarterback like a shortstop, Um, but or a point guard or a point guard. Yeah. God, Mm -hmm. he's so good. God bless it. One one of the positives I (laughs) joked about it the other day, but like by the time the Broncos are out of this cap hell and Russell Wilson stuff, if he continues to play this bad, Mahomes will be that much closer to retirement. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Clinton Watson coming in $20 saying Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Clinton. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us on here and making it a little bit merrier over here as well. Uh, Those who are still here aren't fair weather types. 
maybe they are masochists, but you know what? I'm not here to shame. Uh, still proud to be a fan. Rain or shine. Love y'all. Thank you for being a bright spot of the season. Well, Christian, you guys are really the bright, bright spot of this season uh, for me. So we appreciate you so much. And as uh, Kayleon says here, Nick, all we can do is laugh. Oh, and Clinton, we can we, I saw somebody come in yesterday and asking, it's like, you know, have y'all given up already? Are you real fans or not? I'm like, I can give up on a season and still be a fan. I'm like, I, I, I can be realistic about where my team is headed and still be a fan. So I'm not going to tell you how to fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're here in this chat, you're not just a fan, you're a diehard. You know, I always said that, you know, being in the subscription business, it's scout and 24 seven for most of my professional career. So we cater to the lunatic fringe of, of sports fans. And I say that with love because I'm head lunatic. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a, it's a, we're a different level of fandom here and mm-hmm. they're not going to, you're not going to, they're not, you are, you guys aren't going to stop being Broncos fans. You'll out, you'll outlast these guys. You know, this is, I've said this before, but it's a job, you know, for these players and these coaches, it's a job. It's a step along the way. The mm-hmm. owners really are the, are the closest ones that you can, relate to are the owners and not even this case anymore because they're just, you know, spreadsheet ledgers and an investment, but like the old timer owners that have been there for 40 years, that's you as a fan, you know, you're going to be here while these guys come and go. So this is, it's been a longer blip than you would hope, but you will outlast this regime. You will outlast all of these players. Mm-hmm. Things will be different and you Name hope it gets better. That's why we're here. Yep. <sighs> yep, it will. Ryan Thompson. Morning, fellas. Good to see you. Ryan says, we should go after a decent QB this offseason to have them compete with Russ for the starting spot. I think you're a year early on that, Ryan, personally. I think that you do have to go after a quarterback this uh, upcoming draft cycle, but I think it's more of the day three uh, conversation to replace the backup. And if Russell Wilson is injured or playing this poorly, then you have an option better than a borderline rosterable quarterback in Brett Rippon uh, that you can turn to. So I think that's the option. This is a very deep Quarterback class this upcoming season. Uh, there's a lot of options. I'm really excited to dig into the uh, Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl, but there's a lot of names out there. So I think the Broncos day three, you're looking for a, the back of the future. 2024, especially with that clause in Wilson's contract, uh, becomes a season where you're definitely in a conversation there. And also, especially if it's if you're considering exercising that nuclear option on Russell Wilson's contract, that means things are horrible next season. And that means you probably have an early pick. So all those things together point towards next year, probably being the year where you would go a young quarterback. Furthermore, um, rookie quarterback contract somewhat offsets the dead cap cost and gives you a little bit of a, an out uh, for the roster, the roster building. Granted, you lose the biggest advantage of that rookie quarterback contract, but it's the reality we find ourselves in. Yeah. You say, if I've got 50 million invested into my quarterback position, I can, mm. I can live with that, but uh, he said decent, a decent quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, you could use a, a $5 million, $6 million veteran to come in. And when things are going horribly wrong, you can say, yeah, Russell's injured. His shoulders bothering him. We're going to, we're going to sit him this week. And that's what you can say publicly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, behind the scenes and to your team, you can say, dude, you got to get it together. This isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And you're not going back in until you do this, this, and this. Um, but you, you really can't do that right now because you don't have a quarterback and you don't have another NFL quarterback on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, so a decent quarterback next year that can come in and have Russ at least look over his shoulder a little bit when he's playing poorly or is banged up and can sit and get healthy if that's part of the case, then I agree with you 100%. Because mm-hmm. you've got one guy out there right now. And, 
you know, we talked about, you know, Nick, you use a joke, what's plan A versus plan B, but you're three and eight right now. You know, yeah. play, now it's just a matter of, can I get somebody serviceable out there to, to, you know, playoffs and a winning season is gone halfway through the year. Can I get somebody else out there to hopefully kickstart my investment? Yeah. Yep. I mean, God, we saw what drafting a quarterback did for Aaron Rodgers. Although Jordan Love looked pretty damn good out there. I'm curious. To, Packers are going to be very interesting this offseason. Uh, Jesse Fraley coming in with a very cute doggo. Big fan of the Corgis. It looks like a Corgi in my opinion. But when we first got my Golden Retriever Summit, we had a puppy Corgi about the same age across the hall named Cannoli. And what a great name for a Corgi. Cannoli and Summit hanging out there. So mm-hmm. big fan of the Corgos uh, saying, Jesse coming in saying, given the way that we are hamstrung for the next few years, both financially and by Russ, it seems like getting a quality head coach is going to be difficult at best. Seems like good coaches would want to avoid. I think that's true, but you have two options here as the ownership group. You can quote unquote overpay where, I mean, look what Hackett's going to go. He's going to get one year and then get paid $35 million to be cut and be out there. And the Broncos are still going to be paying for Vic Fangio as well. Money talks. And if, even if it's a bad situation, that means that I can be fired and not have to do anything uh, or, you know, be an analyst for a year and get money. That's a, that's a great option. So money talks, there's only 32 head coaching positions. A lot of these guys will jump and you might not get the cream of the crop. The other one here that people don't want to hear, but it's certainly possible the ownership group might decide that in order to get the head coach they want, you might have to fire or relinquish some of George Payton's power and give that head coach personnel power. I think like we talked about Jim Harbaugh earlier, would Jim Harbaugh want to come here? Maybe he doesn't have to recruit anymore. That's a full-time job. He's done great at Michigan. I think that only happens. Though if... <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. it's, it's Michigan, you know, you don't recruit. I had that conversation with a coach one time. He was a Georgia coach. I'm like, all you have to do is show up. He's like, that's why you recruited Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still have to go in there know, and to Ohio and stuff. But, but the uh, big thing is, I think, if you're bringing in a coach like that in order to offset some of the constraints, I guess as we'll call it right now with the current roster setup, uh, you might have to give that head coach personnel control, which is always concerning i don't think there's been many cases outside of bill belichick where the head coaches had personnel control and it's worked out very well general you want i like to have the separation of power there because the front office is always thinking about the future you know what does the next three years look like where the head coach is like what can i do right now it's there mm-hmm. and they're in conflict and you have to have that balance uh between them and it's so, different skill sets you yes. know i've seen coaches and players that can't identify a player for anything you know yeah. you know when we're talking about you know, I, this guy's going to be this in the next level. And this guy's going to be this on this level. I'm like, what are you watching, dude? I, you know, you're, you're out of your mind. Um, it's, it's, it's completely different skill sets. And again, I don't want the guy who's got to coach my player also sitting down with his agent and negotiating his contract. Speaking of animosity, you know, that's why players try and separate themselves from that. I want to focus on my play. I don't want to get into a heated debate about a clause in my contract and end up being pissed off because, in a good negotiation, everybody should be happy, but everybody should be a little mad too. I don't, I don't want that for my player, you know, and I don't want that for my coach. I don't want that carrying over. Uh, our our legal expert, Ethan, the DWI guys, he says when a player retires, his salary no longer counts against a cap. However, any bonuses, signing roster, etc., do count against a cap, but the team has the ability to get prorated amount back from the player if they choose. So they can go after that money. Um and that's why everybody kind of did with Barry Sanders. They did. And yeah. Calvin Johnson and yeah. people really shillelaghed the lions for that. Which... Yeah. I think that I was like, I think they did. Um, 
you know, go go after that money. So the Broncos go after Russell Wilson. Bet your ass they would. <laughs> you think the you think the ownership group really cares if uh, if they get a little bad PR right now? They get it. They they would get they'd get in trouble if they didn't go after some of that money to try and help the team. Yeah. Little Rain Man coming in saying, "What's the quarterback draft looking like for 2024?" Um, we already talked a little bit about Drake May at UNC and Caleb Williams at USC. Those are two ones to obviously keep an eye on. A few others. I'm a little bit disappointed by this, but it, uh, according to Tony Pauline, um, who's works in the NFL draft circle, yeah, Scott, don't make that face out loud, but he has some connections in the league. He'll be down there at the Senior Bowl, and it sounds like uh, he reported that Anthony Richardson is leaning towards uh, going to school. I hope that's an, or excuse me, going to the NFL draft. Anthony Richardson is the extremely talented toolsy quarterback at Florida who's still a little bit erratic as a passer, but he's probably got like the best arm and the best athlete in the draft if he does come out. Very similar to a Cam Newton skill set. Um, and I'm not just saying that, like he's got that natural velocity and uh, frame and athleticism. But he, if he uh, comes out, he'll probably be a borderline first round pick because he's been erratic. But if he comes back to college next year and puts it together, he's got a chance to be number one overall. His tools are that good. Um, so keep an eye on for him. Um, and then you also have J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. He's still a little bit erratic, but very good athlete, very uh, loose arm. It's, he's a good player. And then uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas. So those are the five quarterbacks right now that I'd have my eye on for next year with Anthony Richardson having an asterisk. Quinn Ewers sounds too much like Quinn Miners. Can't, that, can't do that. We can't do that one. Um, yeah. If you start talking about borderline on quarterbacks, that means they're going in the higher than you think. Uh, they they typically, except for this last draft class, they typically get drafted higher than you would expect. And somebody falls in love with the tools or something. Mm -hmm. the, the thing that changes this a bit for me, and especially with uh, quarterbacks, but because their contracts are different, but the, the way the contracts, like there's almost like a logarithmic decay in how quickly the top of the money in the first round falls off to like the, the further you go down the draft. Um, and you have NIL money to fall back on in college right now. So it's a little different uh, than it used to be years ago. I People used to be like, go get that money as soon as you can. Well, now you have to make the conversation where like, okay, let's say I'm getting a day two grade right now, which means I could be taking anywhere from 20 to 50 in the draft um, as a day two grade. Cause there's not 32 round one grades in the draft, everybody. Uh, but the difference in money that you can get being drafted 50th overall to 10 overall is generational. I mean, you're making almost four times as much money, I believe from those slots. So it's, it's a little bit different now and you're not as much, there's not as much risk because you do have the NIL uh, to fall back on. So will be interesting. And Scott, we got to talk about our main topic here. Are the Broncos going to win the any more games? Pick Desmond Ritter, his, his total, his total money this year, Desmond Ritter was right at a million dollars. Um, 1.7 with everything, but it's basically a million, million two a year as a third round pick. And the signing quarterback at the university, a starting quarterback at the University of Florida can make that in NIL. Yeah. And you're better off staying there. And I love it. It's it's great for the kids. Yep. Um, let's let's not pretend that these aren't like I just mentioned at the top of the show, that this isn't humongous business. You know, the University mm -hmm. of Florida and the way the structure is set up where they don't have to pay their employees, that their stadiums are all paid for, they are bigger business, they're worth more as an independent franchise than an NFL team. Um, so I'm, I, I'm happy for the kids cause they haven't had a bunch of options in the, the realm of American football, other than you're going to go to college, you're going to play at least three years, and then you're going to go where we tell you when you get to the NFL. All right. And we're just conditioned to that. We just think that's how it is. And that's great. We're happy when we get told what to do anyway. Uh 
Adam coming in. I was arguing with my friend who said I should keep faith in my team. I told him I'm also a football fan, which means I can evaluate the whole team without bias and not be delusional and about how bad my team is. Tell your friend not to gatekeep. If you want to be the rah-rah, you know, everything's awesome fan, we're going to win every week, then God bless you. If you want to be the hypercritical fan, you know, oh my God, this is the worst team we ever saw, then God bless you. Uh, anywhere in between. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to fan or not fan. Uh, I think that's the the only way to be a bad fan, A, to go make things personal with other fans and players and whatnot, you know, be better than that. Two, gatekeeping. Don't be a gatekeeper, so tell your friend not to gatekeep. Deanna, coming in here, we both clicked it. We need offensive line. Yes, we do. The Broncos need a new left guard. They need a new center. They probably need a new right guard, right tackle as well. Um, I would sign a guard in the draft. I would probably sign a cheap veteran center that's like on his last leg kind of thing, and then draft an interior offensive lineman and draft a right tackle as well, and bring back Cam Fleming. Um, but you need a lot. Yeah, I've said we could see as many as five new faces next year. I think I set the over under at five uh, on this team. If you're talking nine players on an active 53, nine offensive linemen, five wouldn't be out of five new ones would not be uh, out of the question, out of the equation. So, I mean, I, I think you, you need a new left guard, you need a new center, you need a new right tackle. There's three right there. And then you need competition for those guys. So mm-hmm. shoot, go for a bunch of numbers and see what happens. If you, have to practice squad a couple draft picks, so be it. But you should draft at least three linemen, and you should sign three linemen in free agency. Yep. You can do all that for cheap. You can yep. do all that for relatively cheap. And I'm a proponent of bringing Cam Fleming back. He's not great, but if he could be your swing tackle, um, when he's healthy, he was good this season. He's not playing healthy right now. I, I was told playing at about 75%, which God bless him, because otherwise you're playing Quinn Bailey out there, which I'll take Cam Fleming at 75 versus your six-string tackle, Quinn Bailey. Um, thank you so much, Deanna, man. Coming in, that's your third 51 today. That's incredible. We appreciate you. Uh, Scott, so the Broncos' final uh, six games this season, we play at Baltimore this week. Uh, any chance the Broncos win that game at Baltimore? There's a chance, but even if the even if I didn't just witness that team quit against the Panthers, I still would have taken the, the, the Ravens. This is not a team that you match up with well against. We saw it last year. And, and it's it's in Baltimore. Um, this is a team that wants to go smash mouth and beat you up on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And when that has happened in the two years I've watched this team, the Broncos have folded. Yeah. So, no, I would handily choose the, uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens in this one. I think the Ravens offense is actually pretty inept right now. They don't have any real options in the passing game. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is their best receiver. And he's and get 16 points. Yeah, and it's... Can they get 16? It's probably, probably, but I'm saying that I think it could be, it could be one of those games where it's really close at the end and then something breaks your way and it goes towards Denver. I mean, this, I really hated how Carolina matched up with Denver because they were so much more talented in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And uh, we saw that play itself out in this Bronco game. I do like a lot of these Ravens uh, players, but I think the, I think the Broncos have more of a puncher's chance in this game than people will think. Baltimore's Uh, an eight point favorite. That's as big a line as I've seen this year for the Broncos. I'm betting the under. That's the only thing I know for sure. But I think this Broncos yeah. got more of a chance than people will think because this Ravens uh, offense right now is just, it's lacking any sort of teeth in the passing game. Right now, their only play is Lamar go do something. And this late in the season, yeah, one bad hit, you know, dings them up a bit and the offense is completely toothless then. I mean, they don't have any receivers. Their second most explosive pass catcher in that offense is their 300 pound fullback, Ricard. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 wild. It's not very good. Um, 
So I think they got a chance there. I think they will lose, but I think it's going to be more of a game than people think. Um, then at home against Kansas City, Denver played Kansas City really tough, even when they were bad with Vic Fangio. I'm curious to see how this defense looks, though, uh, against because it's a little bit different schematically than when you had Fangio against this Patrick Mahomes team and this reinvented uh, Kansas City offense. No, Kansas City wins. Okay, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean we can we can again. You never say never. It's the NFL. There's always a chance. But I mean, come on. If we're yeah. if we're betting on this one, I saw, you know, I saw Georgia Georgia Tech, and they are running that BPI says ninety nine percent chance ninety nine point nine percent chance of Georgia win. I'm like, you, you y'all have heard me say this before. I'm like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. All right, you give me one in a thousand, and I'll bet ten bucks. I'll take ten bucks and you for a ten thousand dollar payout yeah. on Georgia Tech. So yeah. I'll take a, a ten dollar for a ten thousand dollar payout on yeah. uh, on the Broncos on that. Sure, there's yeah. a chance, but realistically, no. There, this is a this is a a, a win a, a game you chalk up as a win for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, it's uh for sure. The next two games, though, p- probably the most likely for the Broncos to come out with a win. Uh, you play Arizona. I think it's Arizona, and then the Rams. So Arizona at home. You back to back home games against Chiefs, and then Arizona. Arizona is a team that is. You talk about the players bad, not bad mouthing the coaches here in Denver. They're starting to bad mouth coaches in uh, Arizona. Um, Sean Kugler, former Bron- Broncos offensive line coach, was fired Sunday morning before their game Monday when they got beat up by the 49ers. They look bad again this week. Uh, actually, not bad. They came down to the last play of the game against the Chargers. But this is a this is a bad Cardinals team as well. A bad defense. A team that has invested, I think, two or three first round picks in the linebacker position and their defense looks terrible because they can't get after the passer and they have no cornerbacks. So um, they've really just, their general manager needs to be fired for sure. He's been horrible. Uh, but I think you got a chance against the Cardinals and then the Rams are dreadful as well. That's a, that's a flip of the coin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which team, that one just depends on which team shows up. They're both. Oh my God. I'm gonna just go here of this one. Um, wow. But yeah, oh, those, Jesus that, Christ, the, the, the Arizona is in just as bad a straights right now as Denver is that one's and they're not they're probably not as talented, uh, but talent coming in red hot here is Ethan on the DWI guys at 250 pounds. It's about $300 to you and me of the three colossal offseason mistakes by Peyton, the Hackett hire, the Wilson trade and the extension on, on Russell Wilson when he still had two years left on his contract. One was truly avoidable. I agree. We always talk about cost control here with rookies, but Broncos had Wilson for $25 million this year and at $24 million next, and Peyton signed him before the season. Patience would have served well now. Again, I agree with you 100%. Of the three, I think I called it like car crash, train wreck, and Titanic sinking. Two of those, at the time, I'm not going to regrade in hindsight, the Russell Wilson trade seemed to make sense. I mean, he's coming off a Pro Bowl year. He was a Pro Bowler last year. Uh, and still had like 26 and seven, despite an injured, you know, having an injury. He was, th- that move made sense. Okay. Hackett. All right. You know, he's, uh, the, the my, my problems with Hackett was you're not calling plays and you've got an Uber quarterback. That scares me. And y'all know why I saw, I've seen it with everybody that's come out of the Bill Belichick tree from Charlie Weiss to Josh McDaniels. Uh, that, that scared me, but all right, he's, you know, he'll come in and he'll, You've got the tools, and he wants to go downfield. He wants to, to be wide open. This should be fun. Okay. 
but I got two years on a deal on a quarterback that's in a completely new environment. I got two years left. Yeah. Let's, let's feel this out a little bit. Let's, <sighs> and, and I said it for Russell Wilson's sake too, Nick. Yeah. You know, you're, cause this is your last contract. Make sure this is the right fit for you. You've got time. Make sure this is the right fit for you. Make sure this is the right fit because yes, I might be able to save 10 million a year if, if, if I do it now, but as I've said before, what's more expensive? Missing. Missing is expensive, as we're finding out. Yeah, they're in trouble. Um, and I was listening to the Athletic Podcast, which they do a great job. They do a uh, weekly or daily podcast out there, and it's, they do Nate, Nate Tice, it's a former son of Mike Tice, and Robert Mays do a three or four episodes a week, and they talked about the Broncos situation. They said that the Bronco, this Broncos team is the biggest flop and most disappointing team of the last decade, considering they had 17 to one Super Bowl odds before the season started. Um, They're heading to be one of the like seven first year head coaches fired uh, in the last decade. All the other ones had like 100, 100 to one Super Bowl odds other than this Denver team at 17 to one and then the Russell Wilson trade in the contract. So they said the situation in Denver is dire, not many ways out. Uh, so hopefully it gets better. Um, but yeah, this is the worst offense since uh, the 2000 Browns, which is unbelievable. I know points are down across the league. Thanks to Vic Fangio and his defensive tenants kind of taking root across the league. I think schemes have changed because what Vic Fangio did, uh, but, um, and also because of Patrick Mahomes, um, I'd say it's a reaction to Patrick Mahomes as much as anything, but, uh, yeah, it's rough. And Ethan, God bless you, man. Good, goodness gracious. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I know what to say is, is it's humbling. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's like I said, it, it's, it's why we're here. So yeah, when, you know, throw us a like, cause that's, that's, you know, the little things that help a lot as well. But if you ever see Ethan, if you ever see Deanna, um, and, and a lot of the supporters that come in, Gary, uh, I forgot who, who else has come in now that I'm thinking about it. Um, coach Chris, coach Chris, oh, thanks. If you enjoy our show, because they're a big reason we're here. <laughs> plain and yeah. simple so thank clinton, you very much to all of you clinton watson also came in today with 20 so thank you so much yeah i mean really we wouldn't have the show if you guys weren't supporting us um especially as much as we uh do it i mean god scott and i talk f- seven hours a week football it's crazy um Deanna says go broncos headed to work well have a good one um we always appreciate you uh so then the broncos head to la to play the rams this is a terrible Rams team. And guess what? Aaron Donald hurt his ankle. They might shut him down for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, that's a winnable game. Um, mm-hmm. who, the bad children across the world are going to be forced to have to watch that game on Christmas day um, instead of cold this year, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be, that's a definitely a winnable game. Then Denver heads to Arrowhead on January 1st. I think that's the least winnable game. January 8th at home chargers. You got a chance in that one. I know the chargers are much better, but the Broncos always play the chargers tough. It doesn't matter what the records are. It's weird. And what are the Chargers playing for? You don't know. I mean, the, yeah. the some of the Broncos could be playing for jobs, playing for yeah. contracts. The Chargers could be playing to rest up starters and not get anybody hurt ahead of their yep. playoff game that's already been decided. Yeah. Yep. Lance Dorian coming in saying, do you think we'll get flexed out of primetime slot versus the Chiefs? 10,000%. They're, they're not going to the other choices because Patrick Mahomes is a big draw. I know that the, I think you have the Jets versus the Bills which would probably be a much more interesting game in my opinion. Uh, I mm-hmm. CBS can, can save a game, I think, or what do they, what do they call it? Anchor a game or something like that. Yeah, but we get a hold, we get a hold. That makes sense. Yep. So that's one of the games I can look it up, but Scott, so we have these games here. We have at Ravens chiefs at Broncos 
Cardinals at Broncos at Rams Broncos at chiefs uh, chargers at Broncos. Can you rank these uh, one to six as far as the least winnable to the most winnable? Oh, you get one win out of that bunch. That's what I thought you were going to ask me. Yeah. I mean, you think you one, split, you split, you split between the Rams and the Cardinals. So you um, think, so if I set the line at one and a half, you're taking the under. I on take the wins. one. I think you, you, you can probably, you might be able to get a split between the Rams and the Cardinals. Um, the next, those are the two that I, I would say are, you know, 50, 50 ish. The, the Cardinals are at home. So that would probably be the most winnable. And then I would go uh, Rams. And then I might go, I might actually go chiefs last game third, depending on what the chiefs are doing, you know, it, it is what they're doing. Then the, the, the two least winnable games for me are at Ravens and the chiefs while they're still playing for something. So the next two weeks you think are the least probably. winnable games. I think the most winnable game is Cardinals at Broncos. Then it's Mm -hmm. Broncos at Rams Mm -hmm. followed by chargers at Broncos. Then I'm going to take, I think the Broncos chiefs game, I think they're going to have actually the next, I'll take the Ravens uh, game, this upcoming game. And then it's the chiefs at Denver. And then finally January 1st at Arrowhead. I just, I think the AFC will not be wrapped up by then. Um, So I think that the chiefs will probably be playing. If they win that game, they'll probably clinch the one seed. So I think that uh, that's the least winnable game. Playing at Arrowhead, January 1st, I mean, woof. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it just depends on what they're playing for. Yeah. You know, they, it may be a preseason type of roster for them, you know, l- lineup yep. for them. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. But uh, I, uh, you know, I don't like at, I don't like at Ravens. The weather shouldn't bother you too much, but you never know what the weather's going to be like, be like there either outdoors, but East Coast against a smash mouth AFC North team. How has that gone the last two years? Over, well. oh, I mean, the, the Broncos playing the East Coast has been pretty much over for a while. So there you go. Even when they were good, uh, they struggled. I think there was a weird streak where if the Broncos played in like Florida or something in the first month of the season, they had hadn't won a game in Florida in <laughs> September and October for like twenty years. It's or like something. the old Chargers and Dolphins sending them, you know, into the snow. They can't do it. Yep. So Patrick heading out, and so are we. Uh, aloha for now. Aloha. Hello. Goodbye. Uh, talk to you later, Patrick. Thank you so much for the coffee. And uh, man, we appreciate the heck out of you. One last thing here, just because I'm a glutton for punishment. Would you rather have Wilson or Locke right now? It would only be one year left of Locke's contract. You need to have all the cap flexibility and draft picks. I was a big critic of Drew Locke, especially at the end, because people were making him out to be a better quarterback than he was. Let's 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 throw that out of there, though. though. Who gives okay. you a better chance to win? In a one game sample size, Russell Wilson, I still think is the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it, you can't talk about that without Russell Wilson comes with the contract and the right. trade. Because that's that's not, I mean, when we talk about in the hindsight of the trade and the contract and all that, it's not close. You would much yeah. rather have those draft picks back. Drew Lott, you'd rather have me at quarterback right now and have those be out from under that contract and have those draft picks back. 100%. The season's over. Yeah. And, you know, so it's that one's not about Drew Locke. So I, I want to make this about. Drew Locke or Russell Wilson, who would give you a better chance to win right now? Probably neither. You know, Drew, <laughs> Drew, Drew play. I wouldn't, yeah. if either of those guys are quarterback, I wouldn't change how I just picked those five games. You know, yeah. Drew started the last three games last year. He went 0 3. You know, he hasn't proven to be a quality quarterback in this league. Russell Wilson has, even if he's not playing it right now. So, yeah. on that note, <sighs> yep, it's a, uh... It's where we are. Uh, that's uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put up like a dollar jar. I'm gonna put a dollar in it every time someone goes. Uh. 
<laughs> it's unbelievable, man. It's uh, how bad this team has been for the last seven years. We, I think the Broncos made a deal with the devil to reincarnate Peyton Manning for that, that four year stretch. It's the only thing that makes any sense. And, uh, <laughs> but appreciate you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod. And of course at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you like on the way out and uh, join our Facebook groups. If you're over on Facebook uh, at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod as the ticker shows there underneath. If you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe to mile high huddle like this episode and share it on your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram story. You can tag me on there. Heck follow me on Instagram. It's all hiking photos. It's a good time uh, or backpacking photos. A lot of Pacific Northwest love out there, but, uh, and uh, share it wherever. And also make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well. I will be live again with you guys tonight with Carl Dummler checked in with him yesterday. He will be back today. He's got a lot going on right now, but uh, Carl will be back. And then Scott and I will be over covering the Falcons tomorrow and uh, Broncos country just giving you a heads up Scott and I pretty soon here are going to be making a more of a transition to the NFL draft and free agency in general uh, with the Falcons only a game out still but probably not making the playoffs we'll see uh, and then we're definitely out of it it's it's about to be full steam ahead in the draft yep so I want to say thank you to our, uh, our our big supporters today Andrew Lampy came in on Facebook Ethan the DWI guys Deanna Hendry Clinton Watson Gary Palmer Coach Chris, all coming in with with big baller supers today. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank you. We wouldn't be here without you. And uh, go USA. 2 o'clock Eastern. It is an elimination game. You will see two teams going for it today. They're not just feeling each other out like the early rounds, which you see sometimes in group play in the World Cup. These two teams will be going for it today. It'll be a fun match. Yeah. Will be a fun match. I will definitely be tuning in at work. Um, that's the good thing about multiple monitors, right? I am working. I just have something on in the background. But uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you again to everybody coming in and support today. We really felt the love. And uh, it's been tough with the Broncos this year. So extra thanks to you guys. As Ethan says, go USA. Go you guys. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you again tonight. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.